0: This morning we are going to be reading out of the Gospel of Matthew on this Epiphany Sunday. So hear now the Word of God. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay Homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, "'Go!' with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Church, This is the word of God for all of us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Church, would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, descend on this sanctuary, Lord. Use me, speak through me, take control of my words. Let them not be my words, Lord, but your words through me, and especially, Lord, your words in spite of me. Come, Holy Spirit, come Move in this place and show your power this morning. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So if you haven't taken down your Christmas tree yet, good for you. We're still in the Christmas season. Uh, This is the final Sunday of the Christmas season. I know my family, it's by New Year's that tree better be packed up. Not here because we are in uh, uh, the Christmas season still, and today marks a special day called Epiphany. Epiphany Sunday. And so, in the Christian tradition, this is the amount of time from Christmas to today when the wise men would have been traveling to go find Jesus. And so today marks a special day uh, of the wise men, the magi, coming from the east and paying homage to Jesus Christ. And this morning, I'm going to try to stay on script because I value your all's time. I'm going to try to keep it under an hour, okay? So, so, but I feel, I feel uh, that, that this is an important message for us uh, to hear this morning. We're going to be looking at two different parties, Okay? So we're going to be looking at two different parties. That's not too complex. I know some pastors, they want five, six, seven points. Not me. Not me. I'm like dominoes. I'm going to try to get you to your car in 20 minutes or less. How's that? <laughs> so two parties, okay? The first one, the magi, the wise men. Scripture says that in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Who are these men? Who are these we three kings that we sing about And the the glory ringers? Thank you for your your, uh, musical gifting this morning. Loved it. But these we three kings, who are the magi? The magi were most likely scholars from the area that we would know as like Arabia. So it says from the east. And John Wesley, when he was writing his biblical commentary on this passage, he called them the first fruits of the Gentiles. That's important to note, because these men were not Jewish. They were foreigners. They were outsiders to the original promise that Jesus would come to save Israel. They were not Israelites, therefore they were not part of this prophecy. They were not in uh, with, with what was going to be happening through Jesus. But they were astrologers, okay, or astronomers. I'm not sure I'm, a, uh, I'm a, a biblical guy. I don't know the difference of that. But there were folks that looked at the stars, and they would study the map of, of the constellations. And I can't imagine how interesting it would have been if they were doing their, I don't know, weekly astrology meeting or something. And they're looking up, and they say, by golly, there's a new star up there. I mean, that would, that would be amazing for me if I was looking up in the star and a new star was there. We're like, wow, okay. But for them, folks that had studied and, and had mapped out the constellations, this was incredible. And so they do, like any scholar would do, they went and researched. So they pack up all their stuff and I love City of Bethlehem. They got on their camels. You know how we have the camels for City of Bethlehem? They got on their camels, which just saying, those things for City of Bethlehem scare the fire out of me don't, I don't like, you know, they're scary. But they got on these big old camels and they rode across the desert because they were going to find out what is going on. And God blessed them for that. And so they arrived to Jerusalem and much like I'm sure we would when we go into a new area, we stop and ask for directions. I hope you would. I hope you don't just drive around aimlessly. My wife gets aggravated at me because hey, let's just go for a drive, see where we go. No, they were not going to waste their time. They go into Jerusalem, and so they start asking a question. Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. And so they ask around. They say, hey, this is what we're here for. And we'll get to the response of Jerusalem and Herod. But it says that in the scripture, when Herod and all of Jerusalem heard this, and when I say all of Jerusalem, most likely that is talking about the scholars, the, the priests, the scribes, the highfalutin folk, okay? The ones that were in power, it says that they felt frightened upon hearing this. And so they they but we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, they finally find out that it's Bethlehem. They look back through the the prophecies and the scriptures and they say, this is the prophecy uh, that Bethlehem will raise up a shepherd that will shepherd all of Israel. And so they say, hey, go to Bethlehem. And then, and I think it's really interesting to note, it says that in the scriptures here, verse seven, Herod secretly called the wise men. Now, if I know anything, backroom deals sometimes are a little shady, right? Come on. So he calls them together. He says, hey, while you're there, search diligently for this child. And when you find him, send word to me so that I may also pay homage to him. And so they go off. And they go trekking to uh, Bethlehem and it says that they were following the star. And so this star was leading them and then finally the star stops above where the child is to be found. And the wise men... Again, these outsiders, these non-Israelites, they see this magnificent, marvelous miracle. And what do they do? What is their response? When they saw that the star had stopped, they were what? Overwhelmed with joy. Have you ever been overwhelmed with joy? A joy so deep. A joy so present that the only thing you can do is cry out, thank you, God. That is what they were experiencing. They were so overwhelmed that it says when they went into um, where Jesus was being kept and they saw the child with Mary, what did they do? What did they do? Folks, it says they knelt down and paid homage this was not their king, this was not their savior, yet they had the presence of mind that when they were at uh, face-to-face with a miracle, with the savior, and I'm going to call it the Holy Spirit, they knelt down and they worshipped. And not only that, but they brought Gifts. They brought frankincense, myrrh, gold, things that I am sure a peasant woman like Mary would have never imagined she would have um, uh, these gifts set at her feet. Yet they were doing that for her son. Why? Because he is special. They could see that. They could know that. And so even though that this was not their savior, and they didn't know that yet, because Jesus was going to go save Israel, we're a byproduct of the grace and the love of God, so were they. They didn't know, but they worshiped anyways. Because sometimes when you're looking face- to at face at a miracle, the only thing you can do is praise God, is praise God. And so finally, after they had, had delivered their gifts and seen Jesus, they got a dream. Again, doesn't say who called this dream? Me being a Christian man, I'm going to say it's God, okay? You can quote me on it. But they were warned in a dream, don't go back to Herod. Don't go back to Herod. And so they got up. They left for their country on a different road. I said we're going to be looking at two parties. The first party is the wise men, okay? That, that feeling of worship, that feeling of seeing something incredible, looking face to face at the Savior of all creation and knowing in your heart, the only thing I can do right now is fall to my knees. The only thing I can do is worship and give what I have to this Savior. Let's talk about the second party. Because I think that it's important for us because we have the same word is used by both parties, and it is the word homage. Do you know what it means, uh, this may be a, a saying for me, to give someone their flowers? Have you heard of this? Is this just a me thing? To, to give someone their flowers means, like, um, Kim, I appreciate you, you're wonderful, you're a great woman, great mother, that is me giving you your flowers, Okay? So it's like to, to give someone what they are justly due, okay? To give them the credit where credit is due. So to pay homage homage is to give someone uh, the recognition that yes, they are great, they are wonderful, and you are, you are making that known that you feel that in your heart. Like I said, we'll get to this second party. And the second party would be Herod and the scribes. And the priests, chief priests, Jerusalem. A little bit different of a heart than the wise men. Because first to know that the scribes and Herod, they were a part of Israel. That's very important to remember because they are the ones, whether they like it or not, are chief beneficiaries to the Savior. They benefit directly from all the way in the Old Testament when God said that he was going to send a Messiah, was going to send someone to save God's people, the nation of Israel. This is, he's talking about Herod. He's talking about the scribes. He's talking about the priests. This is who they're talking about. Yet, when word comes that a king who has been born that is over all Jews, the response that Herod has is fear. I'm going to let that sit. I'm going to let that marinate a little bit. Fear was his first reaction. Why? Why? was fear his first reaction? Well, I'll tell you why. This world, and when I say the world, I mean the, the, the world as Paul talked about it, and I know The glory ringers try to keep me up on the stage. Nope, I can walk right around it. When I talk about the world, I mean how Paul talked about the world, right? The flesh, the the tangible, that which is apart from the spirit, okay? So the world that Herod was living in and really was benefiting from survived on a couple of things. Power, violence, violence, oppression. And so Herod was so focused on keeping a hold of those things that the idea that he would be usurped, the, the, the idea that he would lose even an iota of power at the hands of this new king was too much to bear. And so he got fearful. Lord Almighty, how often do we, when we look at what Jesus asks us to do, our first response is, Oh, Lord. You really want me to do that? You really, you really want me to uproot my life? You really want me to, to end this friendship? You really want me to give up something that, that makes me feel good? I don't know. And sometimes we get fearful of that. And Herod was surely fearful of that. He was afraid. He was afraid that this new king was going to change everything on his head, and praise God, that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what that king would do. And we have the Gospels to talk about it. But Herod was afraid. And the wise men worshipped. And it's important to note the difference. Because how often in our lives is that the crossroad? Is that the, the, the way we can go this way or we can go this way? Okay, and let me just say, it's an all or nothing thing, church. I tell my youth all the time, don't l- live life thinking, how much can I get away with and still be saved? How often do we live like that, right? Let's kind of toe that line. If this, is, if this is eternal salvation and this is eternal, there's still kids in here, not salvation, we want to say, I'll get here and then I'm good, right? That I'm fine, I'm good, I'm clear. No, 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 no. God doesn't want us to just eke by. God wants us to fully commit ourselves to Him, to fully give body and soul. That was too much for Herod. He could have, in, in a, a wave of the hand, made Jesus' life so much easier, be protected, but that's not what God, God hardened Herod's heart. Because guess what? he was going to pay homage too, And the evil, vile man he was, the way that he was going to pay homage, and I I did this in the 830 service, we're going to read some more scripture, amen? Let's read some more scripture. I promise you, you'll get to Cracker Barrel. I promise, but I just, I got to get it out. The way that uh, Herod was going to pay homage, it's in these next verses. And listen to this. Now after they had left, the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord approached, appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up. Get up. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt, I have called my son. Bear with me, okay? Verse 16. Verse 16. And this really is, this is where we see the heart of hearts, okay? And that, let me just be very clear. God will look at our hearts. That's the only thing we can take, right? That's the only thing that, that when God looks at us, we can't tithe in heaven, y'all. We can't try to make it up in heaven we're going we're to be judged by our hearts and by how we approach Jesus Christ. This describes Herod's heart right here. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. He was infuriated and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under According to the time that he had learned from the wise men. That passage hits a little different for me, having a two year old. Herod saw a gift, and he was so scared of things changing that he would rather commit atrocities than to change. Surely, church, we're not like that. Surely we're not like that. Surely we can acknowledge that when Jesus Christ came down, he came down not out of uh, the fact that he wants us to feel bad about ourselves, not the fact that he wants us to have a tougher life than, than we need to, but because he said, we can save the world if you would just let me do it. 1 John 4 says, if you love other people, if you love other people, then you truly have seen the face of God. Because God is love. 1 John 4. Are we that kind of a church? Are we that, when we look at the crossroad that we have in front of us and say, because there is no, there's no middle ground, folk, do we say we are going to commit ourselves to Jesus Christ, we are going to be a loving church, we are going to allow Jesus to take hold of us, even if we feel like we're not good enough, even if we feel like we're not worthy, because God doesn't want perfect, He wants effort. He wants love. He wants for you to look at Him and say, I am not good enough, I'm not good enough, but I want you to make me better. Or are we going to look and say, that's a road too far. We can't give that much. How can you ask me of that, Jesus? I am too comfortable. I've made my life too easy. I I have worked to try to make myself comfortable. And now, just like the rich man, when he asked Jesus Christ, what can I do? What can I do? I follow your commandments. I do this. And guess what? Jesus hit right to his heart. Sell your stuff, follow me, give everything to the poor, then truly you can be a part of me. And what did the rich man do? He looked at Jesus, he walked away weeping. Because that was too much for him. Don't be like that. Don't turn away from Jesus Christ because it, it, it may be too hard or it may be too difficult. Because I guarantee you church, when we are living in the love of Christ, then we see love everywhere. Don't be harried. Don't choose fear. Don't choose power. Don't choose wealth. But look at the, the cross, and I wish the cross was up here, but I'm glad the tree's here. we got crosses other places. When we look at the cross, we don't see, oh, that's going to be too tough for me. But we see an opportunity to be made new. We can choose fear. We can decide that it's not good enough or, or that, that Jesus Christ can't save us because we are too filthy, we're too dirty, or we can go to the cross, offer ourselves up because the only gift we can give, finally, ding, 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 got to the uh, sermon title, the only gift we can give at the end of everything is right here. Are we going to hold on to that? Are we going to treasure that? Are we going to keep that? Are we going to try to do it ourselves? Or are we going to lay that down at the altar of God? It's a choice we all have to make. I can't pray hard enough to make you love Jesus Christ. I can't pray hard enough, my wonderful youth, I can't pray hard enough that they will know God and love Jesus and repent of their sins. That's up to us. What are we going to do as a church? How are we going to go forward? Are we going to be fearful? Are we going to harbor things in our heart that keep us divided? Or are we going to be united in the same body that stood up on that cross and gave his life for us? Because that is the body that we go into. When we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, then we are a part. We are a part and a crucial part of the kingdom of God. Don't ever forget that. You are a part of the kingdom of God. Let us truly accept that. Let us truly give our hearts over to that. And let us be a church that wants to change the world. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come here today to worship you. To lay it all on the line, Lord. You don't want us to to just barely serve You, but if we know our Father's voice, we will follow and we will do what You tell us to do. Let us be led by the Good Shepherd, not, not distracted by the temptations of the world, but let us set our sights on You and never relent. Let us pursue and continue to keep with You. God, You don't want halfway. You want all in. Let us be all in for you today. Let us be all in with our families and our community, Lord. Let us be changed for you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.